I'm Sarah. I'm Erin. And I'm Amanda. You're listening to Seaside Seaside Stories. Oh, hi there. Sorry, just shuffling through some mail we'd received. We don't get too many letters here at the lighthouse, but whenever we do, there's always something unusual in them. Anyways, this particular letter caught my eye. It had no return address on it, just our name on the front in bold letters. Upon opening the letter, my eyes scanning the cursive letters, well, we have today's story. Charlotte arrived at our door eight years ago with a shiny red bow around her throat and an instruction manual at the bottom of the box. It was more of an antique-looking trunk than a box, really, and the note was in a yellowed envelope. When I opened it up, it had these instructions. No assembly required. Feed it six times a day. Keep it clean. Keep it away from small children and pets. Administer shots once a month. Wash with cold water only. Store in cool temperatures. Exposed to minimal sunlight. Water daily. And no refunds. The box had no return address. The mailman had refused to take it back. I tried to throw it into the garbage. Into the fireplace. Into the lake behind the middle school. It always turned up. On the doorstep in the middle of the night. Covered in grime or soot or water as if someone had just fished it out from wherever I had tried to banish it. Her. I I should say her. My husband played dumb for about two weeks before I found out about the money. Six thousand dollars. Paid online. The money we were going to use for the funeral. I threatened to leave him. He pleaded with me to open the box. Just, Just look at her, he said, and you won't be mad anymore. But, But I couldn't. I couldn't deal with one more sick joke. All he could plead with me was to open it. Just please open it. But I couldn't open it, because my daughter might have been inside. That's what I told myself, and, well, my husband at least. But maybe I was afraid of her not being inside, and what that would have done to me. He pleaded with me once again to please open the box, and he promised we'd do it together. I guess he felt guilty. He was supposed to be watching her. He told her no running when he moved the cars, but of course he didn't see her. We opened the box after the third week. The most unnerving part was that it didn't have any air holes. Yet, there she was, staring out with her limbs folded beneath her. Red bow, instructions, in top condition. Mommy? It had her voice. God, of course it did. It had her eyes and her hair and every birthmark. It was Charlotte, my Charlotte. My husband still won't tell me where he ordered her from, but it it doesn't really matter. Our extended family compliments us constantly for taking the loss so well. I want to laugh and puke all at the same time. My husband just smiles and accepts their condolences. The shots came with the package, a seemingly endless supply. Just once, about a year in, I tried to see what would happen if I didn't give them to her. They didn't have labels or anything, just this thick, strange blue syrup in glass tubes. We'd assumed they were vitamins of some kind. Mommy, 
The first change was the voice. It became noticeably deeper, flatter, almost mechanical. Then her pretty blonde hair started to turn gray. The curls unraveled and became brittle like straw. Her features almost seemed to, well, morph, move. It was almost like she was losing everything that made her Charlotte and becoming a weird, blurred imitation. A bad photocopy, or like bad CGI. We never missed shot days after that. The hardest thing to adapt to was the fact that Charlotte doesn't breathe, and her skin is always freezing cold. When she first came to us, when we opened the box anyways, I wanted her to sleep in our bed so I could feel her close to me and hold her head against my chest. But Charlotte, she doesn't sleep either. So that night, I laid there, shivering at her touch feeling her eyes boring into my closed ones, the silence reminding me of what should have been there, the sound of her breathing. Tears began to leak down my face, and I felt Charlotte shuffle even closer to me, suddenly energized. Soft, icy lips pressed against my cheeks, chilling me to my core. I fought the urge to open my eyes and stifled a gasp. I had thought maybe she was moving over to kiss me because she had seen that I was crying, but um, I could feel her tongue. It pushed out slowly, wiping up a tear and retracting. The lips withdrew and came back down by my nose. She made no noise, and well, my shoulders shook so hard they ached. I wanted to crawl out of my skin. I heard my husband's soft snores beside me, and completely at peace. Finally, I turned away from them both, breathing hard in the darkness. The room was almost silent. Well, silent beyond the sound of my rapidly beating heart. Her chest rested against my back, unmoving, like her ribcage was just an empty void, stuffed with straw or ice cubes. <laughs> Charlotte slept in her own room after that. Charlotte doesn't eat like we eat. We tried to make her eat cereal when she was brand new, but she always bit the spoon in two. Later, when cleaning her room, I found a odd collection of rodents and one stray cat under her bed, inside out with chunks missing. And I mean, I couldn't tell my husband, but the chunks and the rodents and the cat, they had teeth marks. So now we buy a lot more meat than we used to, and we never even have to cook it. She also doesn't move right sometimes. Um, sometimes I'll catch her counting her fingers and toes like it's the first time she's seen them before. Or walking with her shoulders pushed so far back that you can't even see them head on. Like they're behind her, like she doesn't have a spine. My husband says I'm being ungrateful, so... I don't push it. But at night I lock our door anyway. And hers. After all, no refunds. The other day I found a little boy's shoe while I was gardening in the backyard. It was quite alarming, but I disposed of the shoe anyways. I saw Charlotte watching me through the window, her eyes never moving but staring all the while. I feared what might happen if I appeared at all afraid, because, you see, a little boy has gone missing in our neighborhood, and I'm scared to check under Charlotte's bed, but I, I think I have to.
And that's where the story ends. I mean, <laughs> who knows what had happened to the poor lady. There's no follow-up letter. There's no more pages. I've shuffled through these so many times that there's just nothing. We just have to hope for the best. And I guess there's a lesson in this story. Be careful what you buy online. And um, when it comes to rules that come with things, maybe make sure to read a little extra into them. Today's story was titled, No Refunds, adapted by Aaron and told by Sarah. Thank you so much for listening, and don't forget to tune in every Sunday night for a new exciting episode. I'll be seeing you next week. Bye.